the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. You know, we are called to walk by faith and simple obedience to Christ, believing that He's in control of the details, and we don't have to worry about the details, and that He can be trusted. John chapter 14, verse 23, Jesus said, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. We show our love for Jesus by keeping his word, by simply obeying him. It sounds so easy, doesn't it? Simply trust and obey Jesus. Today, Pastor Dan reminds us that walking by faith means trusting Jesus with all the details of our lives. Sounds so simple, but it's not that easy. God purposefully puts us in tough situations to stretch our faith. If we never experience seemingly impossible situations, we'll never see God's deliverance. We'll never know what it feels like to overcome. The next time we get into a jam, let's remember our past situations where God came through for us. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 21 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. So as Jesus approached Jerusalem, he sent two of his disciples into a nearby village to retrieve a donkey and her colt for him to ride into Jerusalem. And Jesus does this because he is intentionally showing the people of Israel that he is their promised king and Messiah. And he entered Jerusalem on a donkey to fulfill this prophecy That is in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. That's what verses 4 and 5 tell us. Again, verse 4 says, All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet Zechariah, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now, Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9 also says in that verse that he is just, and having salvation or bringing salvation to you. So this prophecy in Zechariah 9 says, your king is coming to you, having salvation with him, and you will, you will recognize your king because he will come to you riding on a donkey. Now, most kings rode horses. Most kings rode horses. The horse was a symbol of war and strength, while a donkey was a symbol of peace. And servanthood. Jesus came to bring peace. He came to bring peace between man and God. He came to serve. He came to bear our burdens. He came to carry our sins for us. Now, when Jesus Christ comes the second time, Revelation 19 tells us he will come 
riding on a white horse, wearing a robe dipped in blood. He will come to make war and to conquer this rebellious world and to rule over it, over it. And Isaiah says the governments of this world will be on his shoulder and he will rule victoriously as king of kings and Lord of lords over all the earth. But the first time Jesus came, he came as a suffering servant, bringing salvation to people. And so he came riding on a donkey. Now, notice the omniscience of Jesus here in verses two and three. The omniscience of Jesus. He describes in detail where the donkey and her colt will be. And that someone will ask why the disciples are taking them. Jesus also asserts his authority as king here. He asserts his authority as king here. Roman rulers in that day could seize your horse or seize your donkey temporarily for official use. Like to supply their military soldiers with horses. And so a Roman ruler could just take your horse or take your donkey or take your livestock. Uh, the Romans called this angaria. And it was a common practice by the Romans in those days. And that's what Jesus does here. He tells his disciples to go into this other town, take the donkey, take the colt. When someone asks, just say to them, the Lord has need of them. That's what the Roman rulers did. And so he is asserting or exercising his authority here as king. If you've been with us in the study of Matthew, we haven't seen Jesus act like this. He's acting like a king here, asserting his authority as a king. And so the disciples went and they did as Jesus commanded them. The two disciples immediately obeyed Jesus. They didn't doubt what he said or even question his instructions. They didn't say, well, hey, well, wait a minute. What, what do you want us to do? Are you sure the owner will accept that answer? What if the owner doesn't accept that answer? What do we do then? You know, what if he calls the police because we're stealing his donkey? No, they simply trusted Jesus. They trusted that Jesus was in control of the details and they walked by faith. You know, we are called to walk by faith and simple obedience to Christ believing that he's in control of the details and we don't have to worry about the details and that he can be trusted. John chapter 14, verse 23, Jesus said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. We show our love for Jesus by keeping his word, by simply obeying him. That's what the disciples do. Verse six, again, the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. And they brought the donkey and the colt and they laid their clothes on them. And then they set Jesus on them. There was a great multitude of people streaming into Jerusalem along with Jesus. And when they saw Jesus on the donkey, they knew exactly what Jesus was communicating. They knew and they understood that he was communicating that he is the king that is coming to bring salvation prophesied in Zechariah. The other gospel accounts tell us that when the multitude saw Jesus on the donkey, they began to rejoice 
and praise God with a loud voice. Remember, they have this messianic hope that God will send the Messiah. God will send a deliverer. So they began to rejoice and celebrate and praise God. John's gospel says that those that were already inside the city of Jerusalem, they came out of the city to meet Jesus. And the crowd spread their clothes on the road. They laid palm branches before him and they waved palm branches before Jesus. Now, why why did they do that? This is why we call it Palm Sunday. Well, why did they do that? Well, that was actually a common way of honoring a king in the ancient Near East. What they do here is very common. Strange to us, but it was common then. It was a way of honoring a king. Uh, if you're taking notes, you can jot down 2 Kings chapter 9, verse 13. 2 Kings chapter 9, verse 13. There, Elisha the prophet anointed Jehu to be the next king of Israel. And it says, when Jehu was anointed to be king, each man quickly took their cloaks and spread them under him on the bare steps. Then they blew the trumpet and shouted, Jehu is king. So spreading your garments on the road or in front of a king, it was like rolling out the red carpet for them. It was a very common practice all throughout the ancient Near East. And waving palm branches, waving palm branches was something the Jewish people did during the Feast of Tabernacles, not the Feast of Passover. And they waved palm branches during the Feast of Tabernacles to acknowledge God as their king. Well, now they're waving palm branches before Jesus. Acknowledging Jesus as their king. Leviticus chapter 23, verse 40. Leviticus 23, 40 tells us that during the Feast of Tabernacles, the Jewish people are instructed by the Lord. It says, you shall take for yourselves on the first day of the feast, the fruit of beautiful trees, branches of palm trees, the boughs of leafy trees and willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days. During the Feast of Tabernacles, they were instructed to take palm branches and rejoice before the Lord your God. And the crowd is rejoicing before Jesus Christ, who is the Lord God. And so the people are actually borrowing a practice from the Feast of Tabernacles, this waving of palm branches before the Lord, and they're doing it here as they recognize Jesus is the king. He's our promised Messiah. The Lord has come. Verse 9 says, And then the multitudes who went before him and those who followed, so he is just in the middle of this crowd of thousands if not tens of thousands of people, they cried out, look what they say, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. The crowd begins to shout the words of Psalm 118. They could have picked any psalm, but they began to shout the words of Psalm 118. They say, Hosanna to the son of David. The son of David is a messianic title. In fact, it's the most popular messianic title in the Bible. And so the crowd is addressing Jesus as the Messiah. Hosanna means save us now. Save us now. Deliver us now. Our king has come. Zechariah says bringing salvation. So save us now. 
Save us now. Deliver us. Psalm 118 also says, This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. What day? The day that Israel's king comes to them, bringing salvation. In Daniel chapter 9, verse 25, there is a remarkable prophecy that tells the exact day the Messiah would come. And we don't have time to get into the calculations of Daniel chapter 9, verse 25. I encourage you to go back and listen to our Daniel study on our website or our app. But Daniel chapter 9, verse 25 says essentially that from the command to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the Messiah comes will be 483 years. And 483 years have passed. Jesus came into Jerusalem on the exact day Daniel said the Messiah would come. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Daniel's prophecy goes on to say that the Messiah, after he comes, he will be cut off. He will be executed. And then it goes on to say that after the Messiah is cut off, the city of Jerusalem and the sanctuary, the temple, will be destroyed after the Messiah is cut off. Which means the Messiah had to come and be killed before the temple was destroyed in 70 AD. And I don't know of anyone else other than Jesus Christ who can possibly fulfill that prophecy. So Jesus rode into Jerusalem as king on the day that God said the Messiah would come. And Daniel, on this day, the day that the Lord has made. Now, turn with me over to Luke chapter 19. Are you guys with me? Okay, Luke chapter 19. And Luke's account of the triumphal entry gives us just more details that are important here. Luke chapter 19, verse 41 This is Jesus making his entry into Jerusalem. Now, as he drew near to the city, he saw the city. Now, as you come over the top of the Mount of Olives, the city of Jerusalem just kind of suddenly appears as you come over the crest of the hill. So as he comes over the crest of the hill there, he saw the city and he wept over it. And uh, this word wept here, don't picture Jesus on the donkey with like a tear streaming down his cheek. It means to cry uncontrollably or to convulse. He's ugly crying at this point as he's riding this donkey. Saying, now look what he says in verse 42. If you had known, even you, especially in this, your day. This is your day that your king comes. This is the day that Daniel spoke of in Daniel chapter 9. This is the day the Lord has made. When salvation comes to you. 
if you had known, even you especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace. He comes riding on a donkey, right? The animal of peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes. You know, the common people, as we see here in this in this Palm Sunday story, the common people of the Jews received Jesus gladly as king and Messiah. But the religious leaders will crucify him. And then Jesus here, he sees prophetically down through history, down through time to 70 A.D. when Jerusalem will be destroyed by the Romans in verse 42, he says again, if you had known even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace. But now they are hidden from you. Now he sees down to 70 A.D. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, around Jerusalem, surround you and close you in on every side and level you. The city of Jerusalem. And your children within you to the ground, and they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. This is the day. This is the day the Lord has made. This is the day that Daniel spoke of. This is the day that Zechariah spoke of. Your king comes to you bringing salvation. Riding into town. On a donkey. Now turn back to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21. And again. In verse 9. The people are crying. Hosanna. Hosanna to the son of David. Save us now. They're acknowledging him as the Messiah. And then they say. Blessed is he who comes. In the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Now listen. Tune in. Give me your attention here. The rabbis taught the people that when the Messiah comes, that he should be greeted with these words from Psalm 118. The official way to greet the Messiah when he comes is to say to him, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And that's how the people greeted Jesus on this day. They greet Jesus as their Messiah, saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, Luke's gospel tells us it was at this point that some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to to Jesus, teacher, rebuke your disciples. Tell them to be quiet. Tell them to stop saying that. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They're greeting Jesus as the Messiah. That's what the Pharisees told the people to do when the Messiah comes. They're just doing what they were taught. And the Pharisees say, tell them to stop. Tell them to be quiet. To which Jesus said, well, if these keep silent, then the stones would immediately cry out. Because this is the day. This is the day the king comes. And if the people refuse to acknowledge Jesus as king, then creation will. The stones will worship him. So you get the scene here of what's happening. Now, at the temple in Jerusalem, at the temple there in Jerusalem, there was a choir. Made up of Levites, made up of priests, there was a choir that sang in the temple and they sang around the clock. They had different, you know, groups that would come and sing. And so there was there was always worship at the temple all the time, day or night. 24 hours a day, there was a choir singing at the temple. I mean, isn't that great just to think about? Imagine if you couldn't sleep or maybe you had 
coffee late in the day or something like that. You couldn't sleep. And you're just you know, laying awake at night. You're restless. Maybe you've got something heavy on your mind. You could go down to the temple anytime, day or night, and just sit and listen to worship. And listen to a choir worshiping God. Join in with them. So there's this choir there at the temple that's singing. There's always worship going on. Jesus makes his triumphal entry into Jerusalem on Sunday. And on Sundays, every week, every Sunday, the temple choir sang Psalm 24. Psalm 24. And they sang Psalm 24 responsively. And what I mean by that is that part of the choir would stand in the temple above the eastern gate and part of the temple would be down in the Kidron Valley below, uh, outside the eastern gate, and they would sing Psalm 24 back and forth to each other so that those in the valley outside the gate, they would sing up to the choir that's up in the temple above the gate. They would sing out, Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Then the choir up in the temple would respond, well, who is the king of glory? And then the choir down in the, in the valley would cry out, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up, you everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. And the choir in the temple would cry back, who is the king of glory? The Lord of hosts, he is the king of glory. That's the background music to this day. That's the soundtrack that's playing. As Jesus made his way on the donkey down the Mount of Olives towards that eastern gate, presenting himself to Israel as their king. And the choir is singing, open up the gates so the king of glory can come in. Amazing. Verse 10 says, and when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, who is this? Remember, there's many people from out of town who've traveled there. So they don't know who Jesus is. And so the multitude said, well, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. It says all the city was moved. There's two to three million people there. The word moved here, it means to be shaken. Elsewhere, the word is used to describe an earthquake. Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey as king, it shook the whole city like an earthquake. We could use some shaken right now by Jesus, couldn't we? Well, it'd be nice if he did that again. Well, then Jesus went into the temple of God and he drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. It's his house. My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Now, this is actually the second time that Jesus cleansed the temple. The first time is recorded in John chapter 2. It was at the first Passover of his public ministry. Now he cleanses the temple again at the last Passover of his public ministry. So Jesus opened and closed his ministry by cleansing God's house. Those who bought and sold in the temple and the money changers that worked in the temple, they all worked for Annas, the high priest. Annas, the high priest, this is his system that he is set up and is profiting from. So Jesus is interfering with the high priest's business. 
and cutting into his prophets here. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, verse by verse and chapter by chapter. As you listen through this series, we encourage you to read on your own as well. There's so much to gain from spending time with God in His Word. You'd be amazed at what can be revealed to you in a personal way. Did you hear something today that struck a chord with you and you'd like to hear it again? No problem. All of the messages you hear on Ring of Truth can be found on our website. Go to calvaryec.com and search for these teachings under the Media tab. While you're there, you'll likely find and explore other series or teachings that sound interesting. Are you growing through this study in Matthew? We sure hope so. Another resource you might find useful is our podcast. You can subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast as another way to stay connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you each time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. If you're interested in learning more about the church that supports this radio ministry, our website has all the information you need about Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Come join us this weekend for worship and Bible study. Once again, that's calvaryec.com. Thanks for listening to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.